Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio, another true story from True Story FM. I'm your host, Megan Strand with Engage for Good. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio. There's over 180,000 titles for you to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio and get your free audiobook today. My guest today is Jeff Mead, founder of an agency for agencies called Mead. Jeff recently wrote an article on LinkedIn called How Agency Leaders Can Support Black Employees with six practical tips for agencies or really any organization. Jeff and I talk through these tips ranging from education to the Rooney Rule. More than anything, Jeff and I both agree that one thing we can all do to continue this important conversation on racial justice is to keep your foot on the gas. This conversation is one small way to do exactly that. Jeff Mead, how are you, my friend? I'm great. Happy to be here, Meg. Well, I have to give a little bit of a background about my um, history with Jeff Mead. So Jeff Mead and I both worked at the Boston Private Industry Council. What was it like 150 years ago? Approximately. Or 175. <laughs> yes. A very long time ago. It was my first professional career. Was that your first it, professional it was, career actually, too? Right out of college. First job out of college. Yeah. I was right out of the Peace Corps. So basically the same thing. And uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun, but there were a lot of us there that were that exact same age, Mm -hmm. which made it a lot of fun. So anyway, we're not here to talk about the Boston pick, although shout out if any of you guys are listening. However, we are here to talk about Jeff's specialty, which he's going to tell us about in just a second. So Jeff, would you please just start off by telling our listeners what you do at Mead? Thank you. Thank you, Meg. So Mead is a management consultancy specializing in helping marketing agencies scale their business. Uh, My sweet spot is usually agencies that are between from like two to about 20 people. So small, very small to midsize. My current roster of clients, I have one agency that has two people. I have another one that has about 17. So really what I love about these agencies is, is helping them figure out who they are in the world and helping them scale their business. Uh, So that could mean helping them with business development. It could mean working on their systems and processes to get them up to speed so that they can deliver their services more efficiently. But it it really is just thinking through, you know, how can they scale their business to to grow revenue, uh, to grow employee size, just just to do to be the best versions of, of themselves. I think I saw you refer to yourself as an agency for agencies. Is that right? You got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, I think agencies do a great job. I love hanging out with owners of agencies because they are probably the best storytellers in the world. I mean, they are so good at what they do. Uh, but, but funny enough, they just don't have the time to do it for themselves. And yeah. so that's usually where I come in and really. You know, that, that adage of the, uh, the shoemakers, children's have no shoes. Exactly. Is, is so true. <laughs> exactly. So, and they'll so be the first ones to admit it. They'll be the first yeah. ones to admit it too. Absolutely. 
Well, I've I've been watching Jeff's career for a long time and I've always said like, oh, I wonder if there's any way we could just, you know, interact and partner up on something. And then my friend Jeff wrote a LinkedIn article entitled How Agency Leaders Can Support Black Employees. Um, and mm-hmm. in it, he described this great list of things that agency owners can do to support their Black employees. And so I thought, here it is. Here it is. We've got lots of great agencies in our community. Here we have an agency expert talking about something that's super topical right now. So that is... uh, Here we are. Here we are together. So Jeff, in that LinkedIn post, which is fantastic, by the way, we'll make sure we link that in the show show notes. But in it, you describe kind of a rinse and repeat style of crisis communications that you think agencies will revert to in this time. So can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, yeah. You know, I I think for many agencies, we've seen crisis happen before, right? And and there's usually a playbook for how you react to crisis. And and the importance of having a playbook really is so that when a crisis does happen, you know, everybody doesn't go crazy and say, oh my God, what do we do, right? And, And I think in this case, what a lot of Black employees are saying is, please, please don't revert to that playbook. Mm. Uh, this time, it, it's a lot more meaningful to me and, and it's going to hurt, right? And, and one thing that I've seen in the playbook, you know, it's you issue a statement on social media. And so everybody rushes out to do that. And then you, you can maybe hold a meeting with some of your affected employees. And so your employees are seeing that and they're like, well, this is the right thing to do, but are they just following that playbook, right? And then maybe you go a little further and identify a cause that you can donate to. And so, and then after all that happens, you know, to the agency owners, they're like, okay, we we did what we were supposed to do. And Mm -hmm. then it goes back to business as usual. Right. And so the tough part is you're like, please don't do that because you, you in fact haven't done anything to take care of your house and home, right? Like you look good on the outside, but internally we're hurting. Um, And so I want to say most of the times the your employees aren't asking you to save the world, but they want you to start with like, hey, let's make sure that this is a great place to work. And and the best way to do that is to start having those conversations with them at first, right? Uh, the problem with a rinse and repeat method really is there really is no thought to it, right? It's you're just simply following. They're reacting. Playbook. Yeah. 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 And, and so you know, you really want to talk with your employees and, and really get some insight into, hey, what what is actually meaningful to you? Um, so, so that's really what I was getting at. Like, it's a playbook that, you know, we see it all the time in crisis management. But I, I think this time, this hits too close to home and people are like, no, no, you got to do you something do else that. this time. Yeah, this time is different. Well, it's almost like... Um... And I don't want to make this, I don't want to make this connection lightly, but you're talking about crisis communications. It's almost Mm -hmm. like when there's a natural disaster, right? Everyone's like, oh my gosh, we have got to help these poor people in wherever that whatever happened to them. So there's that initial response and everyone makes a million, you know, all these contributions Mm -hmm. to the Red Cross and, uh, you know, does whatever. So there's that immediate response and reaction. But Mm -hmm. what people in the disaster space will tell you is that then there's a recovery and it's a very long, I mean, it could be right. years and years and years that these right. communities are recovering. And I almost feel like there are some parallels there. It's not the exact same thing, I but I feel mean. like what you're saying, like, you can't just react. Like, yes, you should respond and you should right. say what you feel, but it's that you can't stop there. You have to keep going. Like, it's That's not it. 
a quick fix. Right, right. That's you're exactly right. The the playbook just stops short this time. Usually the playbook is really good in terms of communications, right? Right. That's why it's a crisis communications playbook. But yeah. then people are saying, you know what? It actually didn't impact me. Like my the way I feel that hasn't changed at all. Uh, if anything, so, it's maybe worse depending yeah, on yeah. depending Especially on where you stop, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> If you see your your agency leader writing stuff out in the press or putting all this stuff in, you're saying, wow, that, that sounds fantastic, but nothing's changed for us here. <laughs> Cobbler's kids have no shoes. Yeah, okay, well, you've thankfully, thankfully, Jeff Mead is here to give us piece, some advice. Um, your article has six pieces of advice. We're going to go through five today. So you're going to have to read the article, people, if you want all six. Um, you've got six, five and six pieces of advice, depending on right. what you're reading or listening to when it comes to support for agencies to support their Black employees. So I want to go through some of them here. So let's start with listen. What does that mean? How do, how do people yeah. listen? Yeah, really, it's what I'm thinking here. What I was thinking when I wrote this was agency owners, you know, they're business owners. They, they've done a really good job of building a business. And anyone who's built a business or been around anyone who's built a business knows that, that these folks are quick to take action, which is a really good skill to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this case, you know, you want to say, whoa, 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 I know you want to act, but <laughs> take one second. And just read the room really quick. You know? Yeah. Uh, so just just listen to what we have to say. Uh, there are some lived experiences that have taken place in your organization. And so you want to hear that before you react too quickly. And, and I don't want to push people off of saying, well, I want to do something. And I, I think when, when we all saw the, the George Floyd video, everybody was quick to say, I got to do something. Yeah. And that's the right response. What I'm saying is, before you go respond, just take stock, you know, you know, just really figure out what's going on around you. Read the room, read the environment before you take action. And there's some simple ways to do that. And, and, and really was just, you know, in your piece of the world for an agency, it was just, just listen to what some of your employees are saying, to what they're feeling, see what their experiences are and, and how you can help them uh, with some of those goals and challenges that they might have. Uh, Really, for me, it was your employees have dreams, they have aspirations. What can you do as a leader to help them get there? Right. And so, you know, they they saw that and and what they really saw was, wow, that happened because of that, the the color of that person's skin. Right. And so there's all that pain and all that there. And so they're saying that's that's the extreme of what can happen. But let me tell you the pain I'm feeling as an employee. Mm-hmm. So really pull it back. And then this is that change. You know, like, like when I said people want to take action quick, this is the action that's actually meaningful. It's not following that crisis management playbook, but this is something you can do that's actually meaningful to people that work with you. It's not outward facing. It's right. inward facing with your yeah. employees. Well, I've also, I've, I've heard a lot that, so I think that I think let me just back up. I think the common mm-hmm. knee jerk reaction is to say we need to listen to our black employees, and so we're going to ask them to teach us how to do this. So, and I know that is not what we are talking about here. So right, right. We, we cannot like white people cannot depend on their black employees and their black staff to educate them. Mm-hmm. So, talk a little bit about how your advice to listen is different than that dynamic of expecting black employees to lead in this moment and teach their white counterparts. And right, you know. right. <laughs> you know, when you look at just systemic racism, right? It's it's a construct that's been four hundred years in the making, mm-hmm. and so. For for us to say, 
hey, these guys, our black employees will show us the way to get through this. Mm-hmm. No, they won't because but because if they could, we'd be through it already. You yeah. know, like, yeah. it's just too much responsibility to put on your black employees. Not to mention, uh, unfortunately, it's too much responsibility to put on people who oftentimes are not making decisions in an organization, right? And so if they're not leading and if, if they don't have an ability to affect change in the organization, then what are you really doing? Then you're just holding these forums with people. It, it's almost like doing consumer research, right? Like they're giving you really good information, but they don't have any power to put any of that stuff in place. And so it is good to listen. It is good to get that insight, but you can't put all the responsibility there on, onto black employees. It's, also, it's like anything else. Oh, go ahead. You know? I, I think of just in terms of just that, that term, just you know, educating. You know, I think about you're a parent, I'm a parent. You know, There's no part of us that would ever say, I rely on the school to educate my kids completely. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We rely on them to do a portion of it. But I don't rely on the school to teach my kids about civil rights or even about the history of slavery. Slavery. I wish they did, but I don't rely on them for that. I don't rely on them to teach my kids about sex education. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's mm-hmm. only some things that you can rely on people for. And I think the same thing applies here. Like you just, you can't rely on them for 100% of the education. You have to take some ownership in it. The other thing that I've heard a little bit is, and I, I kind of hear you talking to this point a little bit is that the George Floyd murder was traumatic for a lot of people in general. And right. if you think your black employees were not traumatized by that, and then being asked to kind of, you know, thrust to the forefront and like educate the white people, like all of this is right. traumatic. Um, right. So I, I've heard that a little bit too. So I kind of, I think that speaks a little bit to your, you know, you yeah. were saying you were saying earlier, like check in with them. How are they doing? You know, it's right. not just about like teach us what we should be doing. Teach us everything we don't know, please, because yeah. that's exhausting. Exactly. Like, really, you're going to educate all white people about everything? Like, I, that's exhausting. <laughs> and it's exhausting in a moment of pain, right? Like, yeah, because you're tra- you're traumatized. Yeah, you're saying, hey, now I need you to to take this on. Yes, now I need to, you to double your work and not get paid for it, please. Right. Thank you. Right. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio. One book I am completely obsessed with and highly recommend is The Art of Gathering, How We Meet and Why It Matters by Priya Parker. It is absolutely a perfect combination of philosophy and practicality as it relates to your next gathering of people, whether that's a business meeting or a conference, a huge surprise party, or maybe just a backyard barbecue. I highly recommend this book and you can get it for free on Audible with your 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio. Okay, well, let's talk about education next. So what is your response to people when they tell you, I'm going to say white people, when they tell you that like, so, you know, if if we need to self-educate, what's your Mm -hmm. response to white people when they're like, yeah, but it's just, it's just very heavy subject matter. Like what? And I've heard that. I've heard that. And it may be, that may be, that may be true, but I'm curious to know about what your yeah, yeah. Is. That's funny. You know, I, I would say my first response is first, you got to grow up, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like heavy is, is not a barrier. <laughs> exactly. Like heavy cannot be a barrier for you to not want to yeah. do anything. You know, yeah. like being, being an adult is, is being able to have 
tough conversations, Mm -hmm. right? Being able to say, I'm going to go through this. I know it's going to be tough, but it's going to be okay on the other end of this, right? And it's a skill we want to give our kids, right? Like you got to, you give them perseverance. Yeah, it's it's all of that. So first it's just like, hey, you got to grow up. The other thing too, I think that sentiment also comes from a place of privilege. You Mm. know, the ability to say, oh, you know what? I don't want to watch that video anymore. I just don't feel like it today. It's, it's too much. I can't read this book. I'm going to shut it and put it down. Like all, all those instances are you just saying, you know what? This is too much for me. I'm going to end it. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, you have people that cannot end it. They're going through these experiences every day. Uh, so I think if you, if you compare the two, then you start saying, wow, is this really too heavy for me? You know, the fact that I can control it you know, based on my ability to watch uh, a documentary on Netflix, or I can elect to not read the next chapter in this book. I can control it. Mm-hmm. That's heavy, but it, think of how heavy it is for folks who are going through this their whole lives. Yeah, uh, every single day. Yeah. I, w- I will say that I do think there's a little bit of a, a rhythm that you do have to establish. So like after everything happened with George Floyd, those of us that were not paying close enough attention, present company, very much included, um, kind of thought like, oh my gosh, I have to do all these things. I have to watch these documentaries and read these books and blah, 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 like all, you know, Mm -hmm. and on and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. Um, Melanie Diorio, who you know, posted this great post on Facebook and it, you know, I can't remember the first part of it. Sorry, Melanie. But the the last part of it was like, you have to keep your foot on the gas. Like you can't just Mm. like, again, going back to that crisis communications, like we do that a little bit as human beings too, I think. Like at least I do. Like jump in with both feet and get involved Mm. and do all these things and participate in protests and do all these things. And then you get a little tired and you're like, ah, this is kind of heavy. But it's, you can't back off at that point. You have to say like, at least for me, I've had to say like, where, where can my energy be best directed? And I really did have to realize that fighting my racist uncle on Facebook or whomever on Facebook was probably not the best use of my time. Like it's better for me to get involved. I already am involved in my local YWCA, but they've taken a huge leadership role in my community with um, the NAACP and LULAC. um, Mm -hmm. And they've done a lot of stuff. They're doing all these listening sessions. So I'm like, you know what? It's better for me to get involved in my own community than fighting my racist uncle on Facebook, even though it may make me so angry and that's the easier thing to do. But like, where can my action be best used? Um, and that's just my personal decision. Like everyone's right, going to have right. a different decision. But I think you do have to, you have to keep your foot on the gas and you have to kind of pace yourself a little bit and decide you like, do. where am I going to make an impact? Like, yes, I should keep reading and, you know, I am mm-hmm. doing those things. But like, how, where can I make the biggest difference? Yeah, you're so right. I mean, I, I say that to friends from all different backgrounds, you know, it's just really just, you got to stay consistent, keep your foot on the gas. I love that analogy of keeping your foot on the gas and really just figuring out what suits your strengths. Yeah. Right. Like there are some of us who are, are really good communicators. And so they should, we should be out there communicating. Other folks are really good at raising money, right? So mm. raising money for stuff. So it's really just leveraging your strengths yep. uh, to see what makes the most sense. And, and, you know, similarly, I've been doing the same thing in my community. I, I just joined the board of this group called Project Unity. And we're doing a lot of stuff. It's in it's in Dallas. So we're doing a lot of stuff around just having urban communities communicate with the police department. Mm. Right. And so really opening those lines of communication. And obviously, since I consult with marketing agencies, I'm a decent communicator. Yeah. Right. So really just using my skill set. Uh, and, and it's funny, you know, um, Michelle Obama has a quote where she says, it's hard to hate up close. 
And I find that so telling, you know, when you have these very different communities come together all the time, they're like, oh, I I didn't see it that way. Mm -hmm. And I look at it from both sides and I'm often saying, wait a minute, how could you have not seen it that way? You know, but it's just, it's so funny when you bring people from different backgrounds in the same room. Mm -hmm. And And have a conversation. Imagine. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, that's so true. And you said that way more concisely than I just did. So thank you for being a good communicator and uh, cleaning up my talking points that I was rambling about. So, okay, the next uh, on the list is measure what matters. So what would be an example of a metric that would be accessible for agencies or people or whomever that's right. new to this type of work? Like, what do you, what do you measure? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. There's a bunch of things you could measure. I, I actually have a couple I'd like to talk through. Um, one of them is just your representation, which I think is the easiest one. Yep. Uh, you know, you can kind of look around your organization and say, wow, you know, and this applies for a lot of different groups. You know, you could say, wow, we don't have any women here. Uh, we don't have any folks from minority groups here. You know, it, it could be different things, but really just doing a representation check and saying, what does our organization look like? And I think you do it for the employees and then you also do it for leadership just to make sure that you actually have true representation. I think this matters a lot in the agency world based on the type of agency you are. You know, lots of times agencies are tasked with telling a story for a client. And so if you're going to tell a story and you're supposed to speak to these different groups of people, well, within your walls, you got to be a diverse organization or else there's no way you could truly speak to diverse populations. So I, I think that representation is really key um, for you to at least tell your client like, hey, look at our staff. Just look at the diversity of experiences we bring to the table when we're crafting communications, you know, whether that's digital, traditional, what have you. But I think you, you need to at least have the representation there. That's table stakes. Like you at least have to represent the consumers you're going after. Uh, I also think you, you should look at retention, right? Really look at, hey, we got them here. Are we able to keep them here? You know, and and are they leaving on their own or are we firing them? And and really getting at the root cause of the two. Like if the, if we get them here and they're leaving, is this not a place that's comfortable for folks? And and if we're firing them, is there some implicit bias in the organization as to why we're firing people from this group more so than others? Right. So I think retention, but then I also look at recruitment. And I see it a lot of times in the agency world where folks are saying, where can I find good black talent? And I, I've heard that way too many times. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I often say, they're there. And I look at where people are recruiting from and I, I say, it's impossible for you to find them based on where you're looking. Mm-hmm. It, it just makes no sense. Uh, I think about when I was in, in business school and companies would recruit and they'd say, man, we just can't get any diverse talent. And I'm like, well, well, where are you going for them? You know, like they're there. We're here. We're, you know, we're looking. Where, where are you looking? Um, so really just making sure that you have that pipeline of talent. Um, I would say a really good way to look at recruitment as a metric is when you have open positions, just say, hey, what percentage is for minority groups and what percentage uh, is from other groups? You know, and whichever group you're trying to really increase and just say, wow, we're really heavy. We, we over index for this group. How can we not get more minority talent in the pipeline? And then lastly, I would look at promotions. So you've done a good job of getting them in the door. You're retaining them. 
are we promoting them? You know, mm-hmm. once they get in the door, are we promoting them to leadership? So really look at, you know, I would probably put it into two camps, maybe even like an A-B test. They just say, hey, we got our minority groups over here and we can compare them to the rest of the workforce or we can just compare them to maybe a majority group and really track what types of promotions are people getting? You know, are we doing better with one group versus the other? Mm-hmm. And, and then, then you get an unbiased look at what's truly happening in your organization. It's one way, it's one thing to think that, hey, we, we promote, you know, hey, we're promoting black folks. But then if you look at the data, it could easily say otherwise. You can right. say, wow, we get them in the door, but we don't do anything with them once they get in the door. Right. Um, so I think those are really simple metrics people can put in and it really gives you a baseline look into, you know, what you're doing from a diversity recruitment perspective. All right. Next on your list is the Rooney rule. So explain what that is and how this might Mm -hmm. be useful in the agency setting. Right, right. So the Rooney rule is actually named after Dan Rooney, uh, former owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and, And he was really good. He actually headed up the diversity committee in the NFL as well. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And so he was really smart about saying, hey, we, we are, look at, look at the guys on the field and then look at the ownership and look at management. He was like, does anyone see a disconnect here? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, how come, like we're not get, no. yeah. <laughs> how come we're not getting this talent, you know, moved up? And so he just proposed a simple idea. Uh, and and he, the funny thing is, I heard that he actually didn't like being called a Rooney Rule. Oh, he's really? Like, he's, yeah, he's like this is bigger than me, you know. But yeah, it's still called a Rooney Rule. But essentially, he just said, "Hey, if we're hiring for positions like coaches or any upper management positions, let's just say that we're gonna re- we're gonna look at someone from my minority group." That's all it was. It wasn't a quota, and it still isn't a quota. It wasn't saying that you have to do this or you have to do that. It was simply saying, "Hey." you got to look, there's talent out there. You at least got to look at them and you got to interview them. Now, obviously there are ways around it. People can easily say, Hey, we looked, we, we interviewed somebody, but, but I think what he was saying was just like, Hey, you got to force yourself to at least bring people to the table. Mm -hmm. Now I know what happens in, in agencies and other companies is oftentimes when we're recruiting, we, we just get people just like us. Um, and, and it doesn't matter who you are, you know, we just naturally enjoy being around people like us. And it, and it doesn't mean that they have to be from the same race or the same part of the country. It's just like something about them. You're like, oh, this person gets me. I know I could work with them. You know, maybe you're just recruiting people who went to the same school as you. Uh, and so I think naturally we just recruit people that are the same as us. What, what we're saying now is for far too long, uh, black folks have never been part of those groups that have been brought into these companies. And, and so how do you introduce them into this pipeline? What's the best way for them to get noticed? Uh, because I don't think anyone's saying that the talent's not there. I think what people are saying is how come we're not moving that talent through a system? And and the Rooney Rule is just a simple way of saying, hey, we're, we're just going to pause here and make sure that we have some checks and balances. And that first check is, if I'm interviewing for a head coaching position, I'm going to at least interview uh, a black person for this position. That's all. Uh, but I, I think it is a good, good signal or something smart to do for, for agencies, small companies to just say, hey, we're, we're going to promote someone in management. Have we truly looked at the entire organization or, or do we have our blinders on 
and we're just going to go for Bob because we know Bob and, you know, he went to the same school and we, we hang out at the same place on a weekend. So I think it's a really good test just to make sure that you're diversifying your, your pipeline. That, that's really what it is. Let's just make sure we're diversifying the pipeline. Okay, the last point we're going to talk about today is empathy to engagement. So I would love to hear your thoughts on this one. Yeah, this was, uh, this was actually my favorite piece of the article to write. Uh, you know, again, going back to the civil rights protests that took place after the murder of George Floyd, you know, there was a lot of empathy and rightfully so. You know, thank God that was the response that we saw immediately after. Uh, and, and because of that empathy, you know, me, myself, I, I said, man, you know, what's next, right? Like, how do we get past this in a constructive way? Uh, and so, you know, I saw that a lot of people were empathetic, but then it was like, how do you move past this in a way to ensure that we're not looking at this months down the road and saying, how are we back here again? Um, and so it was really just, how do we use this energy right now to actually engage? And, and for me, it was, it was first saying, Hey, as a, as an agency, and I was truly looking at this from the minds of an agency owner, because I, I was speaking with so many of them and, you know, they were rushing out and they wanted to do something. And mm -hmm. I was like, Whoa, you know, wait a minute. Yeah. And, and after having those conversations, I was like, I just have to put this down on paper, but really it was, Hey, I care about you. You know, I, that was the message I wanted people to communicate to folks was like, I care about you. I see you. And, and no longer are we going to operate in this environment where it's us versus them. Right. You know, I think for far too long, it, people have said, well, how are you going to help us? Right. So it's not a us and them. And so I think the conversation was moving more towards a we um, really mm -hmm. just like, how do I ensure and how do I make you feel comfortable that you truly do belong in this organization, right? And so I wanted this conversation to go not only from empathy to engagement, but move away from, it's not, it's no longer us and them, it's, it's we. And so what are we going to do collectively to move past this? And I, I saw that happening uh, on a large scale throughout the country, uh, but, but I wanted to boil it down to make it make sense for agency owners. Like, how do you start having this conversation with your employees about how do they, how do you make them feel like they belong and really just changing the conversation to we like, Hey, it's not going to be me doing something or I'm not going to put the onus on my black employees to teach me, or I'm not going to go out and do this. What are we going to collectively do? And I felt like if I could get people to that point where they started these conversations off with their team, and the organization and everything started off with me. I was like, wow, then, then they're in a much better place. Um, and so that's, that's where I was going through. That engagement was really about, hey, we, we as an organization are going to put these metrics in place and this is what we're going to do to accomplish it. And I felt like if, if you put those metrics in place, kind of if you went through all the steps in the article, then I felt like everybody would be comfortable a couple of months down the road saying, well, let's look back at all the stuff we've done. And, and then they could say, wow, we did a really good job here. So, so that, that, that's, that's truly what I wanted to get at there. And keep your foot on the gas. 
Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been absolutely phenomenal, Jeff. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to come and chat with me. And it's been great to reconnect with you. Where can people find out more about you and Mead online if they'd like to? Absolutely. Thanks. So you can go to themeadcompany.com. That's my website. And it's just themeadcompany.com. And then also I'm, I'm posting articles on LinkedIn. So if you go to LinkedIn and search for Jeff Mead, you'll find me. Amazing. And we will put those in our show notes, which you can find at engageforgood.com. Jeff, thanks again. I hope we have another chance to do this in the, real fu- in the near future. It was great having you on. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. 